Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. In the last few weeks, uh, I've had a, a great opportunity to be able to uh, lead our church uh, through a Bible study as we have been studying uh, the first five books of the Bible. Uh, there's been some challenges there. It's really helped me a whole lot uh, to grow as well. But we've enjoyed that study, and we continue to do that, and we will be back tonight at 6.30 uh, going deeper into what we've read this past week in those first five books of the Old Testament. But I've called that series Beginnings, and uh, we've learned a lot of powerful truths uh, from this series called Beginnings, how our, our, our uh, journey is a journey of faith. Can I get an amen there? Amen. And, and how there's uh, different detours in our life and, and how these uncertain events can take place that we never thought would happen. I know all of us can raise our hand to that. And uh, we've just been uh, really looking at uh, that study, but I want to tell you something this morning. Um, you know, I was praying about this service, and we've been praying for a while and uh, I just felt a release to get away from that today. And, and I was asking the Lord in my prayer time, I was like, Lord, what would you want to say uh, to the, the church today at Mount Olive? What would you want our, our, our friends, our family, this church, what would you want them to hear? And, and I can just tell you, friend, in my prayer time, I heard the Lord say, tell them to get ready. Tell them to get ready, to be ready. And so I want to talk to you this morning about what it means to be ready. Is that okay? I want to talk to you this morning about what it means to be ready. Now, ready means that you're prepared. That means you're prepared for something. Uh, ready means that uh, you're prepared for certain events that you know that are going to take place in your life. And, and ready means that you're also prepared for even the uh, uncertain events that have not taken place yet in your life. And when I was thinking about this message, I began to just kind of I uh, asked the Lord to help me uh, here, and, and he reminded me that really every day we're getting ready for something. Isn't that true? That we're always constantly getting ready for something. Uh, I know many of you, you were, you were getting ready to come to church this morning, and I'm thankful that you did. I know some of you that, uh, and I've been down that road, you, you have kids, and sometimes getting ready for church, that can be a job with kids. Now, can I get an amen? amen. I mean, you're, you're uh, slinging them across the room, and they're... Uh, you're trying to shove a pop tart in their mouth in the car, and then you're you're back and forth and uh, with each other on the way to church, and then you get out and you're like, "Well, hello, brother, so and so. God bless you." You know how that goes. You know how it goes. And uh, but we, we we get ready for church, and we um, our staff. I was thinking, man, our staff, uh, the, the work that they've put in to get ready for this day, and along with their teams, have been working so hard, uh, just getting things ready. Uh, for our friends and family that have come today. I was thinking about how on Friday nights uh, that our, our, our high school football teams are getting ready to play football. I don't know. North Dublin must not have got ready Friday night, but they lost. But, you know, they, they're getting ready. People are always getting ready, and um, families getting ready for weddings. I know there were some weddings going on this weekend. 
Uh, hey, family's getting ready for weddings and parents getting ready to spend some money. Can I get an amen? I figured somebody would shout amen out there on that one. Parents getting ready uh, to spend money on different things. Families getting ready for baby showers. We had a baby shower here yesterday. Families getting ready. Guess what? Families getting ready for funerals. There's been a lot of families getting ready for funerals this past week. Listen, here's my point. We're, we're always getting ready for some event in our life. Whether you realize it or not, you're always getting ready, whether it's a, uh, an event that you know is coming, and I hope that you're ready for things that are not coming. And the Bible talks about uh, why we need to always be ready. Did you know the Bible tells us that we're to be people who are always ready? We're, we're supposed to be, the Bible tells us to be ready for spiritual warfare in your life. Did you know that when you're a Christian, you're going to face spiritual attacks in your life? And the Bible says you're to be ready. You're to be ready when those attacks come. Don't let them catch you by surprise. You be ready to fight with the word of God and through prayer. The Bible says you need to be ready to face temptation. Things are going to come your way to tempt you. You need to be ready to face temptation. You need to be ready to serve. You need to be ready to speak the truth. You need to be ready to love people. And here's where I want to focus at today. You need to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. You need to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. And so the Bible speaks to us about being ready. So if you'll open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew... And Matthew chapter 24 and 25, I'm just going to be pulling a few things from there today. This is an area here in Matthew where, where Jesus is speaking to people and he's reminding them about the end times and he's reminding them that, you know what, I'm coming back again. Did, did you hear me? Please don't turn me off this morning. Listen, listen, please don't turn me off. Jesus said something about the end times and he's talking to the people that he's coming back again. And he gives us these words and he gives us this powerful story to remind us that we need to be ready. That we need to be ready. Jesus told those followers in Matthew 24, verse 44, he says, so you also must be ready. Say ready. ready. You, all, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Amen. And Jesus went on to tell this powerful story a story, a parable with a powerful message that should speak to all of us about making sure that we're ready when Jesus comes back. He says in Matthew 25, he says, at the time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but they did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy, and they fell asleep. And at midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then all the virgins woke up, and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. And they, they replied, No. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, listen to this. While they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later the others came and they said, Sir, sir, or some translations read, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. And he replied, 
I tell you the truth, I don't know you. And Jesus said, therefore you keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. In other words, you need to be ready and you need to always be ready for the return of Christ. So my question this morning to you is, are you ready? Are you ready for the return of Jesus? The truth is, this doctrine of the second coming of Christ has not preached much. The Lord has already convicted me about why aren't you telling more people that Jesus is coming back again? You won't hear it on the TV religious stations. You won't hear it much on the radio. But friend, it's a clear doctrine that the Bible teaches that Jesus is coming back again. And when he comes back, it's going to be a visible return. It's going to be a powerful return. It's going to happen at God's appointed time. And when he comes, the dead are going to be raised. The, uh, the world will be judged. And uh, all evil and opposition will be destroyed. And Jesus will set up his kingdom. Hallelujah. And this parable that I just read to you in Matthew 25 reminds us what we are to do. We're to be encouraged to be ready for the return. And what do I mean by that? We're to be expecting his return. We're to, we're to anticipate his return. We're to look at his return with joy because it's going to be a glorious return. His return is going to be sudden and his return is going to be unexpected. We read that in the story here. It's going to be sudden and it's going to be unexpected. So you need to be ye also ready. Be ready, be ready. Be you also ready because it's going to be sudden and it's going to be unexpected. We need to be ready, friend. I just want to bring a few things out to you. We need to be ready because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Listen, there's a lot of debate out there. There's even churches that will debate that doctrine. There's people that will want to uh, argue with you about the return of Jesus Christ. I don't see how you can debate what Scripture says because Scripture tells us that Jesus is coming back. Even in the Old Testament, we read in the Old Testament that Jesus was coming back. Daniel the prophet, he had a vision from the Lord. And in that vision, he says, I looked and there before me was one like son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority. He was given glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshiped him. Hallelujah. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. That's what Daniel said in the Old Testament. And I know what you're thinking right now. Come on, preacher, you need to get with it now because you know we don't live under the old covenant now. We don't live in the old covenant. There's a new covenant now called the New Testament, and you're right, but let me tell you what the New Testament says. Did you know in the New Testament there's over 300 times that the return of Christ is mentioned in the New Testament alone? 300 times. I'm not going to share all 300. I'll do 250 right now. You ready? <laughs> Just kidding. The writer of Hebrews said this right here in the New Testament. He says, Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who were waiting for him. And Jesus Christ himself, he was telling people that he was going to come back again. He said in Matthew 24, the, the uh, chapter I just read to you, he says, then will appear the, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. 
How about John chapter 14? Do you remember what he said there? He says, I go to prepare a place for you, and then I will come back. Jesus said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Listen, here's my point, friend. Jesus told people he was coming back, and if Jesus said it, you can take it to the bank today, friend. He's coming back. Glory to God. Glory to God. And that truth that Jesus is coming back was foundational for the early church that we read about in Acts. I mean, the the return of Jesus Christ was the foundation. It was the hope for the early church. I mean, they had some major problems in their life. Have any of y'all ever had any problems before? Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Now, I'm going to compare your problems to their problems. Listen to the problems they had in the early church. They faced some things that we probably never will. I think there's some things coming. Please listen to this warning. I think there's some things coming our way. We're going to see it eventually, but it won't be to the extreme. Uh, I don't believe it will be here. But in the early church, did you know the problems they had? They, they were beaten, they were burned, and they were beheaded because of their faith in God. Did you realize that? They were beaten and burned and beheaded. And even, listen, here's what amazes me about those early believers. Even in the midst of facing uh, death, they never quit. They never gave up on their faith. They kept holding on to Jesus the whole way through. And listen to me. Why? Why did they do that? It was because they knew in their heart that this was not their home, that Jesus had prepared something special for them, another place, a place that was far better. You remember what Paul said? Paul said, I'm torn between the two. He says, I long to go and be with Christ, which is far better for me. It's a far better place that God has prepared for us. For followers of Christ, it's a home that Jesus has prepared. It's a heavenly home. Listen, a place of no more sorrow a place of no more suffering, a place of no more pain, no more temptations, no more trials, no more disease, no more tragedies, no more sin. Praise God that Jesus has prepared a place for us that's far better. And Paul says it's a place that, it's a place that you gain. And listen to me, church. Please hear my heart this morning. We have so much to gain. Don't, don't give up. Don't, don't quit. Keep holding on to Jesus. We have so much to gain. Listen, I know the battles are there. I know the battles are real. But here's the deal. Relief is on the way because Jesus Christ is coming back. And so you hang on. You hang on. He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for the church. He's not coming back for this building right here. He's coming back for the redeemed, the ones that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. He's coming back for those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ and they've turned from their sin and now they're walking with him. Have you repented of your sin? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Because that's who he's coming for, his bride, the church. Glory to God. He's coming back. He's coming back. You know why he's coming back? Because he loves you. He loves all of us enough in here today that he wants to spend eternity with us. He's he's coming back. Listen to me. He's coming back. And those that the Bible says, Paul told us, those that are alive during the time when Christ comes back, we're going to be caught up in the air. It's called the rapture. And we're going to meet the Lord in the air. How many of you are looking forward to that? I hope I'm part of that. Man, praise the Lord. And those that have died in Christ will have resurrected, glorified bodies. But listen, here's some sad news right here I need to tell you. There's some sad news, those that reject Jesus Christ. I wonder how many people are going to reject Jesus Christ because, listen, friend, the people that reject Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that they're going to end up in a place called hell. 
I want you to know this morning, friend, that heaven's a real place and hell is a real place. And the Bible says that hell is a place of flames. It's a place of fire. Would you please listen to me? It's a place of fire. It's a place of torment. It's a place of eternal separation from God. It's total darkness. And it's a real place, friend. And for those that continue to reject this, the offer of salvation through Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that that's where they will spend eternity, in a place called hell. I heard D.L. Moody say one time that people accused him of trying to preach and put fear in the hearts of people or, or try to preach to uh, get a hold of their emotions and his response, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing because I want you to be afraid. I want you to know that that place is real because we don't want anyone to go to hell. So we need to know today, friend, that we need to be ready because Jesus is coming back. Sir, are you ready? Ma'am, are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to come back? Because, listen, it's going to happen. Listen, it's, it's not maybe is it going to happen or if it's going to happen. Jesus said it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to it more and more every day. Hallelujah. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Be ready because Jesus is coming back. Be ready because the hour is unknown. If you read in verse uh, five there in that story of the uh, ten virgins, it says that the bridegroom was delayed in his coming, uh, and they didn't know the exact time. They they knew it was going to be soon. They knew it could happen any time, but they didn't know the exact time. And man, have people in the are uh, all over the world at different times have tried to say they know exactly when Jesus is coming back. Friend, listen, nobody knows. People have sold books and people have tried to make money off of it. Listen, if somebody comes up to you and tells you that they know when Jesus is coming back, I've told it before and I'll tell it again. Run away from them as fast as you can because the truth is nobody knows when Jesus is going to come. Jesus said these words here in Matthew 24. He says, no one knows about the day or the, that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father knows. And Jesus told us, though, listen, you don't, you're never going to know the exact time when I'm going to come, so be ye also ready. Be ye also ready. Young lady, be ye also ready. Please listen to me. Be ye also ready. Because the hour and the time is unknown. But Jesus told us. He says there's going to be signs that are going to indicate uh, when I will return. And we see that. Man, just, just flip on the, the TV. Just look in the newspaper. Just look around at what's going on in the world today. Some of these signs I want to mention to you. One of them will be people will miss, they're going to miss his return. People will be mourning. And people will be mocking God. Those will be some things that you see. They're going to miss opportunities to give their life to Jesus. They're going, to, they're going to be mourning and they're going to be mocking. The Bible says in that story that the doors were locked. The doors were locked and they couldn't get in. What happened? They were away looking for oil and guess what? They missed Jesus. And people are going to miss an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. People are going to miss his return because of what they were doing. The Bible says they were sleeping. They become drowsy and they fell asleep. 
And the devil's just singing lullabies, rocking so many people to sleep, and their eyes are closed, and they're going to miss Jesus. Hallelujah. They're sleeping spiritually. There's no concern for the things of God. Where is the fear of God? People are going to miss Jesus because they're so wrapped up in material blessings and they're going to become so comfortable and they're going to become careless and, and they're going to just forfeit their own soul. When the Bible says, listen, what profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? People are chasing after so many things in life, chasing after things and chasing after success and achievements. What profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? And the answer is no. Make sure that you're not chasing after things that won't amount to anything in the end. Because it's all going to melt away and it's all going to become dusty. The only thing that's going to matter, sir, ma'am, is that you got your soul right with God. Oh, Jesus. People are going to be too busy. I want you to know, friend, that people are going to be just running to and fro, just so caught up in the things of this world that they're going to miss Jesus. Don't let that be you. Don't miss Jesus. Don't, let you, don't be the one to miss Jesus. Don't be a mourner. I'm telling you, there's going to be people mourning in that time. It says people are going to be mourning. Listen, the mourners were outside the door. These people, these bridesmaids, these virgins, they couldn't get in. They said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. And he says, I never knew you. One translation says, depart from me, you evil doors. And they're going to be mourning. People are going to be standing outside the door, beating, saying, Lord, please let me in. Please open the door. Let me in. And he's going to look and he's going to say, I never knew you. I never knew you. And you will never be allowed to enter into that wedding feast, that banquet with God. Let me tell you how it hit me. A couple of weeks ago, I was traveling to Oklahoma City. And I had one mission on my mind coming back from Oklahoma City. And there was a great event going on that Friday night at 6.30. And it was my son Lucas's 12th birthday. We had rearranged the, the uh, tickets for the airplane uh, so I could leave at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was traveling with another preacher friend of mine from Goldsboro. We got to the airport in Oklahoma City, and we got on the airplane getting ready to leave. And we sit there for about 15, 20 minutes, and they come on the intercom there and they announce to us that the battery that backs up the navigation system is not working. Let us work on it a little bit. Please do. All of a sudden, they came back on, and they told us, they said, listen, we, there, there's no way we can get it fixed. we got to fly a part in from Atlanta uh, to Oklahoma, and uh, so we needed to exit the plane right now, and it put us on a five-hour delay. And I was thinking to myself, all they need is a battery. To be sure, there's an auto zone around here somewhere. But they finally got the plane fixed, and we got on that plane. And by the way, there was a lot of prayer going on. And we had to fly to Atlanta, and then from Atlanta to Raleigh. And we, 
we were already five hours behind, so we missed all of our connecting flights. And while we're in the air, our app through our, uh, the airline is working on giving us a new flight. And we land in Atlanta. We got 30 minutes to get from one terminal to the other. Have any of y'all been to Atlanta Airport before? You know. So we go as fast as we can. I mean, there's some urgency there. All I can think about is I'm getting on that plane and I'm going to Raleigh and I'm going home to see my boy. And we get there to the gate. We finally get there and my friend goes before me and he scans his ticket and bam, he's in, gone. Here I come, bam, scan my ticket. And he says, sir, you're not on this flight. You're on the flight that leaves out at 8.30 tonight. And I'm going to just tell you, man, my heart sunk. And I was like, there's got to be a mistake. There's got to be some kind of mistake. We've been traveling together all day long on this whole trip. And how do you mean to tell me we're not together on this flight? I said, sir, I'm sorry, but you're not. And, and my friend that was with me, he's like, look, it's his son's birthday. Can he have my ticket? I'll stay behind. No, we don't do that anymore, sir. And I said, man, just go ahead. I'll be all right. I'll figure out something to do. And there was a gentleman there behind the counter, an elderly man, and he was trying to just work through some things. And, and when I tell you a miracle took place, a miracle took place because, listen, in less than a minute before they were going to close the door to the airplane, that elderly man called me up. He said, son, there's a cancellation on this flight. Here's your little piece of paper. Carry it up there. You can get on this airplane. Amen. If it weren't the day and time we live in, I would have been like, I'd have kissed him. <laughs> he made my day. He made my day. I was able to get on that flight, and I was able to get uh, home, and I was able to get to my son's event, the birthday party there, and uh, God worked it all out. It was a true miracle. But let me tell you what. Listen, when I, when I got settled down and my, my nerves got settled, the Lord spoke to me. He truly did. He spoke to me. He said, son, you know how you felt a while ago when, when, when your friend was able to go through, but then you couldn't go through? He says, there's coming a day when a lot of people are going to be like that. They're, they're, they're going to be in this place where they've been traveling together. They've been doing church together. They've been singing together and worshiping together, and they're going through all the routines. But when it comes time to come in, one's going to come in, and then another one's going to come. He says, I never knew you. I never knew you. And people, I'm telling you right now, just that little drop in my heart that I felt when the man told me I couldn't get on that plane is nothing compared to what you're going to hear if you don't have your heart right with God. And he tells you that I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoer. And God began to speak to me. Friend, don't let that be you this morning. Don't let that be you. Make sure you got your ticket to heaven. Please listen to me. It was just as real. The Lord said, tell them. Make sure you got your ticket to heaven. God, help us today not to be playing around and playing games or saying, well, I can do it later. I can get right later. No, God says now is the time for salvation today. God, help us today. God, help us not to be those that are standing outside the door crying, Lord, please let me in. Can you imagine the sound that that's going to sound like? The good night, the people that are wailing and crying because they can't get in. I thought I was good. I thought I, had, I thought I was doing the right thing. I mean, I went to church. They're going to be crying. Lord, help us, God, to make things right with you today, God. I pray. There's going to be mockers. 
I'm trying to hurry up, but I'm going to obey God. There's going to be mockers. The Bible tells us, he told Peter, he says, in the last day there's going to be mockers. Well, what are mockers? People that are going to make fun. When you tell them that Jesus is coming back, they're, they're going to heckle. They're going to laugh. What, what are mockers? Mockers are people that are going to willfully reject Jesus. Not bad people. There's good people I know that are going to reject Jesus. They're going to be mocking people with hatred for Christ because Christ exposes their evil deeds and they, they mock him and they make fun of him. Look at what's going on in the world today, friend. They're making fun of our Christ, our Lord. People who mock, saying there's many ways to God. When they tell you there's many ways to God, they're mocking God, they're mocking him because he told us there's only one way and his name is Jesus. Mocking God, ignoring him. You're mocking God when you dishonor him. You're mocking God when you have hostility. You're mocking God when, when there's no fear of him. You're mocking God when you claim that you're a Christian and you're, and you're saying you're living this way, but really on the other side, you're living another way. You know you're mocking God then. And the Bible tells us that the, the holy who mock God will not go unpunished. And friend, there's a lot of mockery going on today. I mean, even in our churches, they're mocking God. I don't have time to tell you how all the things they're doing to mock God in, in our churches today. But I want to tell you, friend, it's happening all around us. And don't be one in the very end that is mocking God. Lord, help us today. How would you like Jesus to come back while you're cursing his name? How would you like Jesus to come back while you're in that sinful relationship? How would you like Jesus to come back while you're throwing that fit of rage against a spouse or a child? How would you like Jesus to come back while you're tearing down or gossiping about another brother or sister? How would you like Jesus to come back while you're watching that filthy stuff on your television or on your computer? How would you like Jesus to come back when all that's going on? Friend, that's mocking God. Listen, no one knows the day nor the hour. And because we don't know, we need to be ready for his return. It could happen while I'm preaching and it would be fine with me. It could happen while you're eating at El Maslan today. I thought about that. Man, what a blessing that would be. Be at El Maslan and Jesus come back. It might, it might happen while we drive home today. It might happen tomorrow morning at work. But the thing is nobody knows and you need to be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Listen, I'm not playing around. This is no game. This is not something just we're going to throw it together and have a friend family day. No, I'm warning you to be ready. Quit playing around, friend. It's a real thing. He's coming back, and one day you'll have to stand before him. Be ready, be ready. Be ready. In the name of Jesus, be ready. Be ready to follow Jesus now. If the SWAT team wants to come on and get in place, please, while I finish up here. I want you to be ready to follow Jesus now. I want you to be ready to follow Jesus now. Say now. Now doesn't mean... Tomorrow and now doesn't mean next week or next month or next year because I know a lot of people think, well, I'll get right later on when things kind of settle down. No, he says, you need to get right now. Now means right now. Right now, sir, right now. You need to get ready, ma'am. You need to get ready because there's no promise for tomorrow. 
as sudden as Jesus is going to come back, so death can come too. Because it's appointed to all men that they will die and then comes the judgment. Do you know this morning at 6 o'clock, my phone started ringing and people with tragic death, tragic death, tragic death. Just a week or so ago, I saw a wife leaned over to a 52-year-old man and, and kiss him on his face saying goodbye. You Listen to me. You never know. You never know. I don't care who you are. You never know when you're going to be leaving this place and be ye also ready. Be ye also ready. Please listen to me. Please your whole life can change today through a divine exchange and you're getting ready to see that demonstrated right now. Your whole life, you can exchange the guilt and the shame for Jesus and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. You can exchange an old life for a new life in him. Aren't you grateful for that exchange? You can exchange a destination uh, from hell to heaven by calling on Jesus today and putting your faith in him. Listen, friend, it all starts at the cross of Christ. That's where the divine exchange starts. So let this speak to you. On the cross Hung my pain And the Jesus bore my suffering to the grave to make me free. Oh, the blood that was shed, it now flows to cover sin. It washes clean.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, go ahead and give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just be seated for one more second, please. And I promise you I won't keep you any longer. In about two more, three more minutes. Aren't you grateful for that divine exchange? <laughs> I'm not who I used to be. All because of Christ. And friend, listen to me. The Bible tells us Turn it on right now and listen. The Bible tells us to prepare to meet thy God. And there's coming a day, friend, he's coming back, and you're going to have to meet him. I don't care who you are, you're going to meet him. And the question is, are you ready? And the good news is, you can be ready. You can be ready. The Bible says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you too shall be saved. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And it all happens through faith. Listen, it all happens today. All you have to do is say, you know what, Lord? I'm admitting to you that I'm a sinner. And I believe you died for me and my sins. And I believe that you were raised from the dead to conquer uh, death and the grave. And because you're alive, I can live forever too. I can have a home in heaven. The question is right now, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Because if you can't answer that question with confidence, then I want to encourage you and plead with you from all my heart right now to make sure. Please make sure. Would you bow your heads all over this place? Please be reverent. Please be reverent. Just bow right now to the Lord. And if you're here this morning for this service and, and you're not really sure that heaven's in your future and you're not really sure that, that Jesus is your Savior and Jesus is your Lord you're, and you, and you want to make things right with him today, you, you've already heard that he's coming back and, and you want to be sure that you're ready, you're ready, you're ready. You've got to be ready. God, please help me to be ready. Don't miss him, friend. Don't miss him. Don't be one of those ones that are crying and mourning. And don't be one to mock him. He's giving you grace right now. He's reaching out to you right now. And he's saying today is the day of salvation. Get right now. If you're here this morning and you're not sure, just pray with me right now. Just pray right now. Just say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my life right now. I admit to you that I'm a sinner and I, I need your grace and I need your forgiveness. Come now and I put my faith in the work of the cross. Jesus, I know you died in my place. You shed your blood and because your blood was poured out, my sins can be washed away. Oh God, thank you for washing my sins away. And I can have a divine exchange right now, God. There's no more guilt, no more judgment. I can encounter the love and the grace and the peace of God. As I call out to you right now, Jesus, I'm just saying, Lord, be my Lord, be my Savior. Forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And make me new. Make me new. Make me new. Jesus.